Welcome to a special edition of the Kids Media Club podcast. I'm Andy Williams, creative director and producer for children's content. Hi, I'm Joe Redfern, global brand director, and today we'll be hearing from recipients of the Young Audiences Content Fund, uh, applications for which are due to close at the end of the month. So today we have Anne Harrod and Andy, who will tell us of their experience of the fund, and also Ollie Hyatt, who is again a a keen supporter. So uh, tell us a little bit about how you have benefited from the fund, Anne Harrod. Um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm Hannah Garlic. I head up a large children's department um, called Boom Kids, uh, uh, which is part of Boom Cymru. We're based in Cardiff and we uh, produce predominantly for S4C, the Welsh language um, broadcaster, but also for um, other broadcasters, CITV and Channel 5, etc. Uh, we were lucky enough in the last two years to um, be supported by the ACT Fund on three projects. Um, Meet the Experts is a preschool project uh, for Channel 5. Um, it was a show, um, or is a show, because we're hoping to do a second series, uh, a 24 episodes uh, show which um, um, gave children who are particularly uh, um, uh, uh, who have a hobby or a, or a, or a specialism or, or are excited about something in particular to give them a platform to talk about that and share their experiences with us. Um, it was um, part of the uh, projects that Channel 5 um, commissioned as part of the fact that the YAC Fund was established because um, I don't think they had a history of um, uh, commissioning lots of live action uh, for Milkshake. So this was one of the projects that was supported by them or commissioned by them and supported by Yak. Um, it did very well for them so and we're really pleased with the series. The other two projects, they were drama series for S4C. Um, so as you know, I'm sure S4C's budgets are small. So drama is not something that we um, uh, are able to do very regularly. And there are, you know, we also uh, pitched these ideas based on the fact that we wanted to um, try and reach underserved audiences, the 10 to 13, but also the older teenage group of 16 to 18. So the Gavrinach, uh, The Secret, was a um, four-part drama series that just started that um, airing last week on S4C, targeted at the 16 to 18-year-olds, um, and is, I'm hoping, a groundbreaking series for S4C because they have hardly ever um, commissioned content specifically for this audience. And the second series, um, uh, A Galady, The Lighthouse, I'll be going into production with that um, at the moment and we'll be recording, filming in um, July of this year. And it's um, a science fiction um, series based, um, uh, targeted at the 10 to 13 year olds and is, um, it, it, the story is kind of based around um, time travel through a portal in a lighthouse. 
um, and that's a six-part half-hour um, drama series. Well, none of these series basic, basically would have been uh, commissioned by either Channel 5 or S4C had YAC not been there to match fund what the broadcasters were willing to put in. That's fantastic. Um, that's, an, that's amazing. Um, Andy, would you be able to kind of give a brief introduction yourself as well and just kind of run through what the fun has kind of enabled you guys to do? Absolutely. Yeah. So my name's uh, Andy Richards. I'm the uh, series director for Generation Genome. And I'm also the channel director for a TV channel called um, KMTV. Um, now, we've had a, a, an interesting journey with the Young Audiences Content Fund. Um, because our program not not only would not have just existed without um, the funding, it simply wouldn't have existed because we found the fund and we designed the program based on its goals. Um, because in our sector, it's it's a really really challenging area. Local TV, not many people know know about it in too much detail. Uh, I could go into the politics of local TV, but I'm not going to today because that's not what we're here for. But our main ethos at our channel is about engaging um, with some really challenging areas of the community. Half our audience are made up of socioeconomic groups, C2, D and E. So it's really about getting into households where we can, where we can make a difference. Uh, so we basically, usually it's all about local news and current affairs and hyperlocal stories and things like that. Um, so we were looking for some funding and we came across the audience's content fund and um, the University of Kent is um, a majority shareholder of the, of the channel as well. So we've obviously got some, uh, some experience in terms of outreach with school, schools and things like that. Um, and then uh, we started speaking to a, to a PhD student who, uh, who specializes in free in science communication for free to air television and we came up with generation genome so generation genome is a is a six-part um series which uh, uh, is basically a 12-minute uh, documentary talking about all things to do with genetics and genomics uh and the second half is a is an audience um led uh, panel discussion about the about the topics that were covered in the in the documentaries which all um, journalistically led and it's aimed at 11 to 16 year olds and essentially we've gone all across all across the country we work with more than 500 children during the production um, and what's also key for us is that the, the people who've been involved in making it are all in their first jobs in, in television and, and production all new to children's tv as well in the sector um, and we've been significantly been able to upskill our organization for it too um, and we just it, what we found is is these stories that haven't been told before by all these children from different areas, especially during the pandemic as well. Um, obviously, we've had to, to incorporate COVID into the topics we've we've discussed, but it's really resonated with them. Whether it's from um, sexual orientation to gender identity to you know eating um eating pasta that's been genetically modified it's it's been a it's been a, a real journey for us over production we're just coming to uh, to the end now but um i think what's also lost about i know we'll get into the into the fund a little bit more but for an organization like ours as well that like i said it wouldn't have existed even the idea we wouldn't have got together to what how can we get funding from this fund 
um, is just what the team there has done too. They're not just, they don't just award the funds, they've, they've given so much time to us and helped us with production schedules, costings, making sure we're doing everything correctly. It's been such an experience to work with Jackie and her team as well. Um, and I think that's also what's uh, for, for smaller productions like ours that, that might get lost um, in, in that how hands-on they were too. So it's been, it's been amazing and all the children that we've, um, uh, that we've interacted with, even before we've shown the content to, to the audience across the country, uh, it's made a real impact for them. And that's been the feedback from the schools that we've worked with as well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you, Anne Harad and Andy, actually. You've both very eloquently outlined um, how you've benefited from the fund. And, and, and to be fair, I didn't know before this. And actually what comes across to me is that it's allowed, it's allowed commissioners to be braver with the content that they're commissioning. I certainly heard that from you and Harad. And, and, and similarly with you, Andy, it's actually born content that perhaps wouldn't have existed anyway and, and from the sounds of it quite innovative content so really it's it's unlocked that um, and allowed much braver more innovative decisions to be made and uh, so I'm going to come to Ollie Hyatt next in terms of um, Ollie you haven't benefited directly in terms of uh, fun from the fund but actually as someone who is a keen observer of the industry and someone who is very passionate about the industry what have you observed have been the benefits of the fund and what do you see is we stand to lose with its closure? Um, I think it's useful to like take a step back and, and look at why it came about and what it was for um, and it's easy to lose sight of that uh, amongst all sort of the politics and noise around public service broadcasting but it was it was brought brought about largely following a campaign to try and encourage other public service broadcasters um, to provide public service content for children uh, in an environment where the rules uh, uh, Regulate, regulating uh, junk food advertising had stripped money away, made it more difficult for them to justify funding it. So this fund was brought about after a number of uh, years campaigning to try and provide sort of plur plurality across um, the public service um, uh, piece, as well as try and replace some of that money that uh, had been taken away. So what I think we can prove just by, you know, the stories we've just heard today, but also when we look at um, things that are beginning to win awards. So if you look at the broadcast awards uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, four out of the six shows that were nominated as uh, best preschool were, were from the fund. So um, it goes to show that that fund was working in terms of the quality of the content. Um, that Those shows were from a range of broadcasters. So that's a big tick in the box for the plurality argument. And also, if you look at the type of shows that got made, there were shows uh, uh, about maths, socio-emotional socio learning, environmental issues, diversity, and that's public service. So in terms of how the fund is working, it ticked every single box um, that we said it would and the, that the government had asked us to. Now, what happened at the end of the fund is the government promised us that there would be a review into the success of the fund to look if it should continue. Now, that didn't happen. It just went cold turkey. They just, they just cut it off. Uh, well, first of all, they took away some of the money without asking or saying why or responding to whether it's being successful. And then they just stopped the money. So the actual process that they put in place, they didn't follow. 
So I feel like that they stopped it without really considering it. And I think if they, if they, if they want to look at it again, if they want to reverse the decision, which I think is unlikely, but if they want to reverse the decision or find a new, better way of solving the problem or a different way of resolving all the issues with kids TV, then they first have to look and say, well, this did work. What was happening here was a success. We can see that in the awards and the type of programming and the type of spend and start from that point. It was successful and it's, and it, and it's over and that's very sad. I think that was a really, really powerful and important point is that the fund was kind of effectively started to address actually government policy that had affected the industry as a whole. So it was a kind of, it was a rebalancing of, of kind of an issue that, you know, everyone supported the kind of the, the regulation on food advertising for children's broadcasters, because that was something that, you know, it, it definitely had a, a social benefit, but it then did need the government to look at ways to kind of balance that in terms of the damage that was um, created by that to the industry. So I think that's a really, really powerful point. And, and it kind of puts that back on the government's plate in terms of it, it, they had created the funds to address a problem that had been created by policy. So you can't then just take it away because, because this, the reality hasn't changed. Yeah, and whether, whether they are going to, you know, they, to be fair to them, they, they, they've started taking things away, but then at the same time, they are saying there's going to be this big, and it's easy to say we'll do research, a big bit of research into actually how do you solve all the problems. This was solving a particular problem within um, children's content and children's media, but they have said they're going to do a bigger piece across how they, how they, how they solve things more. Now, that may, may have to do with... Um, fund that creates uh, a better balance between the public broadcasters it may be to do with tax credit it may be to do with um, funding ip generation and maybe they are maybe they're thinking about how do we hold, solve the whole thing rather than this one thing but again at the moment they've taken it away without any solution and, and that's you know typical typical politics isn't it take it away without any ideas of uh, of how you actually solve yeah. it and and just to be proactive on that point, and maybe maybe this is kind of almost a subject for a, another discussion. But if you kind of Ollie, if you kind of follow your um, assumption in a way that that maybe they're moving on from the fund, um, then then what kind of then we need something to replace the fund that addresses the kind of the issues now, really. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with that. And I think, um, you know, that at the moment, what we haven't done as an industry, and this is the big, this is the big thing for me is like, as a, as a industry, as a body, we have, we've never defined, like, what, what is the answer? We've never, we've never gone to the government and said, this is what a healthy um, children's content market looks like. And I know it moves on so fast, it's hard to do that. But we've never gone and said, these are, you know, children of this age need X drama, x news it needs to be delivered in these ways on these platforms and this content costs this much money to make so therefore we can get this much from um the the advertising funded um, public service broadcasters we need you to give this much money to children's bbc and we need this much money as a developer we, we've never done that and i think unless we can define what we're looking for we always end up in this position of just shouting at them when they take something away rather than proactively saying this is what we need and i think I think that's probably the next step 
for everyone. It's not an easy thing to define, but I think until we do, I think we, we're on the back foot. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Certainly in terms of the, the learnings that I've found over recent years in terms of how kids learn and, and how they're finding the answers to these questions. You know, in olden, our generation, we Google things if we want to find something out, but kids go to content. They go to social media, they go to YouTube. They find content that answers their questions and, and it's in woeful short supply. And I guess really that's, that, that is one of the definitions of public service is, is, is reflecting kids' lives back at them, but also answering their questions and being there with good quality content that can help them form their opinions or, or, or make decisions about who they are and, and who they wanna be. So I think absolutely um, there is a, a job to be done in. Um, and defining actually what the industry needs and what we need well, there's to do. Ne there's never been a better time than to ask that question and present that yeah. back to government because um, they understand, like the, the, the people at the Wheels of Power understand what we did for children um, as, as a whole, in particular the BBC, the, the narrative change with the BBC in terms of the uh, ability to help parents during lockdown. And that's, you know, it, it, changed, it changed a lot. And then now, again, I would say, you know, with my children, my experience of um, engaging with the BBC, I know I, I, they've never really engaged with Newsram before, but I felt like it's a really important thing to sit them while the war's going on, they hear about it, sit them in front of Newsram, and, and they get they get a more, a, a more professionally and more balanced view than I would be able to give them myself on, on, on what's happening. And I think... I think the BBC is amazing, amazing for that. And just because, yes, there aren't all these crises all the time happening and maybe people don't engage with it all the time. That's when public service comes to the, the front, you know, for the people who can't get their news out of the way or presenting a balanced opinion, especially for children. I know people can say left wing or right wing on the BBC news and they constantly will. But for children, it's a different matter and it's not the same argument and it really works for children. Yeah, and I, I would suggest that public service isn't just the BBC, it can be everywhere. Like, like we said, it's, it's more than just broadcasters as well. Like, you know, public service type content can exist and should exist, arguably in my view, in a, on any platform where kids are looking for answers and, and wanting to, to, to find out things. Um, and Harrod, I'll come back to you if you don't mind. Um, I'd like you just, how can supporters of the Yak Fund, how can they lend their voices to yours in terms of going forward is there anything that they can do um i come from of course um uh you know the 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 the, the impact of losing the fund on us in particular in wales is huge because of the you know the challenging budgets that we have to work with when we produce content for s4c and because there is so little content for Welsh speakers in Wales, losing it, having had it, having been able to open um, doors into and windows into, you know, opportunities that we haven't had before and reaching audiences that we haven't had before, the prospect of losing those audiences again is is just so disappointing and and not only of course has the the fund supported the actual project and the production but it's given us the opportunity to upskill to train to find new talent etc and and again that it's just so disappointing to think that that we can't continue along that road 
Um, so in terms of, of um, support, I mean, we, we are trying to, to make as much noise with any political contacts that we have within Wales. There has been, you know, there, there have been various questions asked in the House, but also in um, the well, by Welsh Government and whatnot. The conversation is happening slowly. Uh, there's been some media coverage, um, but of course it's very difficult to, con to continue a story and to keep um, the media uh, interested or, or find a new hook to keep them interested again, especially at the moment, of course. Um, I mean, I, 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 you know, also we know about the, the open letter that um, I think by now perhaps has gone to Nadine Doris, that's gained ground and got a lot of support and a lot of support in Wales and it continues to do. I keep getting emails from people I've approached to say I've signed, I've signed, I've signed. Um, um, where where is the um, the campaign posting updates, Andy? Is it uh, is it Children's Media Foundation that are, are corralling feedback from people? Um, I believe so. Uh, Ollie might have more uh, more information on that. I knew you'd say that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Greg? We need him. Uh, it, it is the Children's uh, Media Foundation that are doing more. Um, we're looking for more signatories uh, to the letter. If anything, what we're trying to say with the letter is that it's unacceptable what's happened. Um, you know, I think a lot of us are resigned to the, the decision has been made. But what we're saying is the decision's unacceptable, um, not properly thought through. And um, if there is nothing else in the forefront of the government's mind to help us now, then can they reintroduce the fund as a stopgap until they have properly considered it and have found a replacement for it? So, um, you know, how far that will get us, we don't know, but the noise is making a difference. There are people who are now talking about it in, in Parliament, and that's, and that's um, you know, real progress. Before it was, you know, it was a non-issue. I don't think people really even noticed when she said she was taking away, because I don't think they understood what it was. Now they understand um, that they can begin to make a noise. So yeah, if you will want to sign the letter or get involved, I think go to the Children's Media Foundation website, have a look what they're saying there. Um, as with all these things, um, you know, we the CMF, I say we, uh, Greg, Greg and the team don't have infinite resources. Um, so it's, it's really everyone pitching in when they can. If you know your local MP, speak to your local MP. You know, if you're a local business there, go, go in and see them, say how it's affecting you. Um, if your children have directly benefited from these shows and it's shown them something or represented something to them they didn't know before, again, go in and tell your local MP that they're no longer going to be able to access that if this fund goes away. Um, it's, it, it's, you know, it's small things that just keep raising awareness that has it in the back of their minds so that when something bigger happens or when we can push a sort of larger button that, that everyone is aware of it and will support it. I think there is a window because I think, like Ollie said, they, no one really knew what the, that it was going. I don't think there's a lot of people within government realise that they've just cut millions and millions and millions of pounds worth of children's content. Yeah. They don't, they don't realise that um, because of the way that it's been, uh, the, the way that the news came out. It was all to do with the, the, the BBC licence renewal settlement. And it was essentially a paragraph mm. in a letter from Nadine Dorries to 
um, uh, to the director general and it didn't even mention the Young Audience Content Fund by name in said letter. It was just that this top slicing of the BBC um, license fee was gonna go, which is something uh, for most people you speak to within the industry and you know what's going on with it. Aren't again, it's not, it's not about the top slicing element of it, essentially. It's that the funding needs to come from somewhere. Um, and you know, if the BBC uh, have an issue with that, well, that's a, that's a different discussion about the, the top slicing element of it. But there is a window because DCMS themselves haven't actually said we have closed the fund. The BFI have, the DCMS haven't said it themselves. So they've still got an opportunity to say, no, not at all. This is, this is not what was intended. Of course, <laughs> we were going, of course we were going to continue, uh, but there's been too many other things going on right now. So um, I think, uh, if people can make enough noise and like Ollie said if you've seen content that's had the the young audience content fund um a tag on in the in the content and, and you enjoyed it and it really resonated with your children make sure you contact your mp uh, or make some noise about it thank you yes and and just um, before we wrap up i just wanted to name check uh, caroline roberts cherry who um who couldn't make it today, but did uh, say that she was pleased that we were doing this. And of course, the world, according to grandpa, won best preschool at the broadcast awards and itself was a beneficiary of the fund. So therein is a perfect example of how the fund got content, great quality, award-winning content made. So thank you for your stories today. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks very much for joining everyone. So if you wish to lend your voice in support of the uh, Young Audiences Content Fund, please do head to the Children's Media Foundation website for more details.